0: In this episode, we're going to talk about the Washington Redskins' loss in Philadelphia. We'll also talk about the Washington Nationals' struggle against the Mets and the Braves this past week. The Washington Capitals have been back on the ice. Mystics are headed to the playoffs. And one Wizards player really showed out in the World Cup. A fan's perspective starts right now. everybody, and welcome back to another episode of A-Fans Perspective DC. So this past week was not a lot of fun for if you're a DC Sports fan. The Redskins fell to the Eagles over the weekend, and then the Washington Nationals only won two games this past weekend. This past week, sorry. It was not a good week overall. The only upside is that the Mystics are in the playoffs. That's a lot, a lot to be excited about with them playing their last game this Sunday before the playoffs start this upcoming week. We also saw some Washington Capitals players in the Rookie Showcase in Nashville. We'll touch on that a little bit and um, Roy Hakumara played very well in the World Cup for basketball. So we'll touch on that a little bit as well. Right now we're going to start with the Redskins. The Redskins had their season opener in Philadelphia today and it started off with a bang. It was quite surprising, if I do say so for myself. Um, I don't want to sound too negative about this. I was expecting I, I thought we were definitely going to lose. My original score prediction before the game started was 24-21 Eagles. I did win by saying that they were going to cover the 10. And I did bet over the 44.5, which I got that as well. And I was right with the Eagles pick, which I am sad to say that that was also correct. But it started off with a bang. Very first drive, Case Keenum threw to Vernon Davis, where Vernon Davis catches the ball on the sideline. It's the kind of ball where normally I feel like he's going to go out of bounds. So I looked away for a second. Someone I was watching the game with was like, oh my god, he's still going. So I look up. He hurtled over the guy. He's going down the field. He scores a touchdown. He's coming off the field. I see he's crying. I was worried that he was hurt. I was not aware about his grandfather passing away. Very touching to see a player like that show that kind of emotion after scoring. So 7 nothing. I'm like, this this is awesome. We got the ball to start the game, and we took advantage and scored First. On the very next drive, the Eagles would punt. Only five plays went 19 yards. They punted. Very next drive, Redskins drove 67 yards down the field and got a field goal. 10-0. This is awesome. We're not supposed to win. Everyone's picking us to lose these first five games. This this is pretty awesome going so far. Eagles have a 12-play drive. They go 41 yards and they go for it. Little past the 50-yard line. So turnover on downs. The defense comes up big and stops them. I'm like awesome. Very next drive. Two plays. 71-yard drive, 69-yard bomb from Keenum the McLaurin for a touchdown, 17-0. I'm like, is this real? Is this actually happening? I didn't believe it. There's always that thing in the back of your head saying they're just going to blow it. They're going to get your hopes up. Very hot start. And then you got punt, punt. Then the Eagles score a touchdown to make it 17-7. You're like, okay, that's it's not really what we needed. The Deshaun Jackson bomb, 51 yards. I'm like, okay. I guess we can get away with doing that once, which we did not. You got two straight punting drives, and then the Redskins get the field goal at the very end, which in that kind of situation where Keenum got sacked, if it was anyone but Keenum, I believe if Hafskins was in there, we would have not had that opportunity to kick that field goal. Rookie wouldn't have been able to get up there. Veteran Case Keenum got us up there. Hopkins was able to, able to nail a 48-yard field goal, 20-7, difference at the half. It's pretty awesome. It felt really good. Which was a mistake. Like I said, don't want to sound too negative. Just don't want to sound negative. But everyone that's listening understands. Hopefully you understand if you're not a Redskins fan listening, if you're another sports team. There's only really one town where you feel or haven't felt this recently up in New England. Everywhere else, you have this feeling. That little bit of doubt in your mind that we're just we're just going to blow it. So, that's how I felt. And then, third quarter started. Eagles get the ball. 12 plays. 75-yard touchdown. Alshon Jeffrey. Okay. We get the ball. Six yards. And it's embarrassing. It was absolutely embarrassing. And the big reason why we couldn't hold on to this lead is because we didn't have a running game. That is... The biggest thing I believe I am disappointed about in this game, not necessarily how the defense didn't hold up well in the second half. I think a lot of that had to do with the offense not being able to hold on to the ball. Because if I'm correct, if I'm doing my math right, the Philadelphia Eagles had the ball for over 12 or over 13 minutes in that third quarter. That means our defense was on the field for 80-90% of that quarter. That's not a winning formula. You can't have your defense out there. I know our defense is good. They're very good front. But our front didn't necessarily get a lot of pressure. They didn't get all the pressure, at least in the second half. They looked gassed, they looked tired. So So it's 20 to 14. Like I say, get the ball, three plays, we punt, only six yards. Very next drive. Carson Wentz, another fifty plus bomb to Deshaun Jackson. to You're like, okay, okay, come on offense. You got to get something going. Very first play on the next drive. Case Keenum throws down the field. McLaurin was open. He was past everyone in the secondary. He was wide open, and Keenum just overthrew him by a yard or two. Just barely overthrew him. Would I have liked to have seen McLaurin maybe try to die for that and try to catch it and get the yards? Yes. I would have loved to have seen that. I believe that would have been a momentum changer. But it didn't happen then on the very next play Keenum threw to Richardson and Richardson drops it and very next play throwing the Vernon Davis who was covered not Vernon Davis's fault ball was knocked down another three and out only took away 30 seconds so so far the two drives in the third quarter the Redskins took up two minutes and 28 seconds second drive 30 seconds just just not a winning formula very next drive Eagles go nine plays 71 yards and 4 minutes and 42 seconds. And Alshon Jeffrey has another touchdown. 29-20. Because they went 4-2 and got the two-point conversion. So fourth quarter, you're thinking, okay, Redskins need to get something going here. Get down, get a field goal, get something out of this. Four plays, 24 yards, punt. Really? You're like, really? This is how it's going to go? The very next drive... Eagles went 19 plays and got a field goal. So 20-32. to 32. And then of course, as, as this always happens, Redskins have a very solid 15-play 90-yard drive. I mean, they're just going to... You got chunks, 13-yard pass, 6-yard pass, 7-yard pass, 8 yards, 8 yards, 18 yards, 5, 10, 11. And then a touchdown. 4-yard pass, touchdown. So... I, I mean, come on. I I wanted to know where that was the rest of the game. I understand the defense that the Eagles were playing was a prevent kind of style defense where they are playing back. They weren't allowed us to get those kind of plays. I was a pretty upset also with a lot of the check down passes thrown down to Chris Thompson. I feel like some stuff thrown a little further down, but I'm not going to knock Keenum. I got in a little conversation with a guy on Twitter who said, Keenum over her Cousins. And I said, well... Cousins isn't losing their game right now. I understand the stats are different. Cousins didn't throw for the kind of yardage that Keenum did. Keenum was 30 for 44, 380 yards and three touchdowns and no interceptions. I understand where the guy was coming from. But 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 I feel like you have to throw the ball down the field or throw it to the sideline so someone can get out, because there was a lot of clock being burnt with all those passes thrown right down the middle to your running back. My only critique of that, of course, we didn't get the onside kick, so the Eagles won 32-27. Overall, very quick start. First half was awesome. It was awesome hearing the Eagles getting booed like the Bears got booed on Thursday night. You got Case Keenum, like I said, 30 for 44, 380 yards, 3 touchdowns. Um, Total rushing. Darius Geis had 10 attempts, 18 yards, and Chris Thompson had 3 attempts for 10 yards. 28 total rushing yards. Just, it's just not going to do it. The whole Adrian Peterson sitting out as a coach's decision. That was a bust. Very clear bust. I'm not I'm. not, I'm not scared to say that that was a bust. Um, I'm thinking that a lot of people need to maybe pump the brakes on Darius Geis a little bit. He hasn't proven anything in this league yet. I believe you need the three running backs to be rotated in and out. You can't just work with the two running backs. I understand what Gruden was doing. I understand he he needed somebody for special teams. But can't one of these young receivers maybe do special teams? Someone who's going to contribute on the field, offense, or defensive can also be on special teams. I know it'll maybe exhaust the player, but it's not necessarily going to be a player who's going to play every down. So... And then on the receiving end, Terry McLaurin showed out. He had five receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Chris Thompson had seven receptions, 68 yards. A lot of those receptions were on that last drive, like I was talking about. Brennan Davis had four receptions, 59 yards, and that awesome touchdown to start the game. Paul Richardson, four receptions, 36 yards. I believe he's the only receiver that dropped the ball. I believe all these young receivers... That had the ball thrown to them, and it was catchable, and they caught it. Terry McLaurin even had an awesome grab. Took it away from a, de- from a defender down the sideline. Trey Quinn had four receptions, 33 yards, and a touchdown. He had a really good catch. I believe it was in the second quarter where he caught it and was able to juke out a re- juke out one of the corners. He showed some skill. Kelvin Harmon had two receptions for 31 yards. I was happy to see him catch the ball. Guys had three receptions, 20 yards more. Receiving yards, then he had rushing yards. And Jeremy Sprinkle had one reception that opened the game, and it was eight yards. And that was his only target of the game. So that wasn't the issue at all. Not, not at all. I don't believe the offense was necessarily the issue overall. Rushing was definitely an issue in my mind. The passing game was... Was very good, 380 yards, no turnover. No turnovers on either side, which was bad news for the Redskins' defense. But the offense looked very good. It was nice to see Keenum not throw interceptions and overall threw the ball very well down the field. And that's what the Eagles wanted. The Eagles wanted to stuff the run, so he was forced to throw the ball and make a mistake. He didn't make a mistake. The only mistake is we didn't win the game. So on defense, Quinton Dunbar... Led the way with tackles. Eight tackles. Cole Holcomb had seven and two tackles for loss. Landon Collins also had a pretty good showing. Josh Norman got a burnt a few times, but he actually finished tackles in this game. Monte Nicholson had a pretty hard hit. I believe it was Ertz down the sideline. It could be wrong. Um, DRC had three tackles. Sean Dean Hamilton had three. Jimmy Moreland had three tackles, and they definitely took advantage of him. By putting Deshaun Jackson in the slot in situations where... There was one play I think it was highlighted that they were talking about where Deshaun Jackson had a look. looked like he was going to streak down the middle of the field. But then he stopped for a short route and Jimmy Moreland fell for it. So that's something he's got to work on. He's a young guy, but he had three tackles. Sweathead, three. Daron Payne had two. O- overall, the front up front wasn't as disruptive as, disruptive as I wanted it to, wanted it to be. Jonathan Allen... Is right now week to week. He got out really early. Hopefully he is okay. But, I mean, the, the defense didn't play horribly. I, mean, I want to put that straight. They didn't play horribly, but they did. They got exhausted because the offense could hang on to the ball. There's faults on both sides. And Dustin Hopkins was perfect. Two for two, had a 48-yard field goal. Three for three there. Tress Way had five punts. Averaged 54.4 yards a punt and he had a 58 yard punt so special teams was very good steven sims looked pretty good returning kickoffs. Trey quinn had the one 11 yard return which was pretty good I believe he had a longer return one of the two had a longer return and but it was brought back because of a penalty so it was very disappointing very disappointing the outcome and here's the rushing stat which is why the Eagles ultimately won the game because our front was exhausted, and they took advantage of that by running. They had 123 rushing yards in the game, the Redskins only had 28. Uh, That's just not... You're just not going to win games doing that at all. Third down conversion, Philadelphia also converted 64%, while Washington only converted 38. Time of possession was dominated by Philly with 34 Minutes and 27 seconds to Washington's 25 minutes and 33 seconds. Um, we also had double the amount of penalties as they did. The Redskins had 12. Philly had 6. There was a lot of offensive holding and penalties basically on offense that just kept them from doing anything big. It was... I, 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 don't, I don't want to take away from a very, very good first half, but that second half was atrocious team has a lot to work on the running game needs to get better and Adrian Peterson does not need to sit out a game again if you have Adrian Peterson on your roster he does not sit out games he is not a healthy scratch that just does not happen it is inexcusable it's ridiculous to think that our head coach wanted him to be cut from the team because of the running backs that we have but game's over it's only the first week 0 and one but I mean it, it stings it definitely stings to have a loss like that. Looking ahead. Looking ahead of the schedule. Next week, we'll play Dallas. Right now, it's a 1 p.m. start. I would love if it got moved back to a 4.30 or 4 4.15 or whatever the heck they do it now. But I guess the 1 p.m. is okay. And then after that, the very next week, which we will not have any, we will not be having a podcast recapping that game, we'll have a pregame podcast because our podcast come out on Monday. Monday night. Monday night matchup versus the Bears. So that should be interesting. And then we have the headed to the Giants. Then we host the Patriots. And then this horrible month of September will be over. And then we'll be headed to the Dolphins. To the easier part of the schedule. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Washington Nationals and their struggles this past week. They had some very bad showings against interdivision teams. It's not helping out their case to get into the playoffs. This is a fan's perspective. If you're a Washington Nationals fan, the sky is falling right now. Oh, this past week, after sweeping the Marlins last weekend, the Nationals have gone 2-5. and 2-5. and five. And they only won one of those two games because of a miraculous ninth inning, which is where we're going to start this segment. I'm going to skip the first game. First game loss to the Mets was a 7-3 to loss. Very ugly. This next game made the week fun. Once again, like I said, there was promise. There was a lot of promise with this week, very much like the first quarter of the Redskins game. Nationals took a 1 0 lead in the bottom of the first, but the Mets went on and scored four runs in the fourth, and that scored one in the bottom of the sixth. You got one run in the top of the eighth for the Mets, two in the bottom of the eighth for the Nationals, then five in the top for the. Five runs in the top of the ninth for the Mets, and that's when everyone gave up, which is very understandable. Very understandable, because teams this year, while having at least six-run lead in the ninth inning, were like 200 something and O. It was a ridiculous stat, absolutely ridiculous stat, which which was changed by the Washington Nationals, giving having the Mets be the only team that have blown that kind of lead so it all started trey turner doubles on a sharp line drive to right fielder conforto victor roble scores awesome anthony rendon would then single trey turner would score okay and then up next this is this is probably my favorite i know the suzuki play at the very end of this was absolutely fantastic but I got to start with Ryan Zimmerman. I love seeing Ryan Zimmerman back. I've been seeing a lot of people bashing him online this past week, past weekend for having runners in scoring position and grounding out, which okay, whatever. Ryan Zimmerman doubled and he showed so much emotion there at second base, clapping his hands, being very very lively and it was fantastic and he scored a few. Then up next Two on base, Kurt Suzuki has a 16th homer of the year, and went on and went on and got the Nationals their 11 to 10 win over the Mets, which it was one of the more exciting games that I've watched an ending of before. It was just fun. It was it was a lot of fun way to end the game because I'm gonna be real here. I thought it was over. I thought it was over. Waiting for the game to end. I was going to change it to something else. I believe it was Tuesday night, so I was waiting for Hard Knocks to come on. So it was awesome. It was fantastic. Eleven to ten. Kurt Suzuki helped win that game, and then up next, the Nationals lost eight to four to the Mets. Then they started a very crucial four-game set against the Braves. Which Thursday, first game, they lost four to two. Friday, they lost four to three. Saturday they lost four to five, but yesterday they ended up winning nine to four, which it wasn't. It wasn't the prettiest ending to the game because they did allow three runs in the bottom of the ninth. Which yes, the bullpen is the issue, but having all the scoring that they had earlier in the game—two runs in the first, one in the second, one in the third, four in the seventh, one in the ninth—it was enough for the bullpen to have a slip-up because it's going to happen. In 2019, bullpens are not looking good right now, if we're going to be real here. Um, but the beginning of the series, looked like it was going to line up to be a very good series because you had Strasburg starting it up. You had Patrick Corbin having the second game. And it, it, it looked like it was lining up to be a very good game, but it wasn't. Strasburg allowed two runs in the first inning. It it, it, it just look, it looked bound for failure. The Nationals did not score a run against the starting pitcher in this series until until Sunday, and they arguably faced Ryskronka, who was their best pitcher. He was 11 and three coming in, so now he's 11 and four. So coming into this game, you're gonna think, well, if they've been shut out by starting pitching the whole series, they're gonna be shut out in this game. But they were not. They were not shut out. It was a valiant effort. But we need more than a valiant effort. We need to win games because we've got teams creeping up on us in the standings now. This kind of week they had. Luckily, we had a big enough a, a big enough gap with some of these teams that it was okay. We have a three-game lead in the wild card still, which can't say I'm too worried. I know no, we're playing Minnesota. Minnesota is a division leader, so that'll be a tough series. But got to be real here. The division is out of reach. Not even going to talk about not even going to think about winning the division. The wild card spot is what matters, and the matchup in the wild card spot is what matters. Does this team actually look like a team that's going to perform well enough in a wild card matchup that it makes sense to advance on? Because we would have to play the Dodgers. When the wild card play the Dodgers, can't imagine that would go well. But I could be wrong. We have we have no idea. You have no idea what could happen in that series. Anything could happen in the playoffs. So, it was a very disappointing week as a Nationals fan. Got me just more and more excited about football starting this weekend. Which, of course, it got crushed this, this Sunday. But it was very nice watching the Packers-Bears game. And then watching some of the other games. But hopefully a day off today will help the Nationals get into a bit of a groove. Uh, with the Twins coming up three-game stretch against the Twins then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, back home against the Braves. And then you travel next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday with a very crucial matchup against the Cardinals. And then your last day off of the season before potential postseason is on Thursday the 19th. And you have three games, the last away series of the regular season against the Marlins. And then you have a pretty crazy five-game series against the Phillies and then three games against the Indians. So that, that's the rest of the season here. You got you got eleven games at home, and you have nine games away to end the season. So realistically, should win. I'd give them um, maybe seven, eight wins at home to end the season. And I believe I don't. I believe they'll win the series against the Marlins. I believe they'll. Get one or two against the Cardinals. That's going to be a pretty big series against the Cardinals. And then the Twin series. Who knows what's going to happen there. I haven't seen much of the Twins, so I don't really know exactly how well they're playing right now. But So that's all coming up here. In this next segment, next segment's going to cover a few topics. We're going to touch a little bit on the Washington Mystics because they have playoffs starting soon for the WNBA. Talk a little bit about Roy Hakamara, who played very well in the FIBA World Cups, and then we will also talk about a little bit, talk a little bit about the Washington Capitals rookie showcase that's been going on in Nashville this weekend, which they had a really good showing Saturday night, and I believe they also had a good one on Sunday as well, but when we get back, we will cover those three topics here in A Fan's Perspective. Washington Capitals are back on the ice. Not the regular guys that you think of, but it was the Prospects Showcase in Nashville this, which started off this weekend, and the, start, the Capitals started it off with a bang. They opened the tournament with a 10-3 win over the Canes, which was just what we needed. The Caps had 18 drafted players at the um, 2019 prospect Showcase in Nashville, while Carolina just had nine of the drafted players there in Nashville. It was a very young team, but it was it was a lot of fun to watch these guys play. I saw the highlights. Um, I follow Mike Vogel on Twitter, so I was getting all the updates all day of the scoring, penalties, and all that stuff. So I decided I I might want to check this out. I want to check out some of the some of the replays and it was it was very good. Very awesome to see very, very awesome to see a young team like this putting up this many points. The other thing that was pretty awesome is they won 10 to 3 but they were up 5-0 at the 321 mark in the first period. They were lighting up Carolina and it was absolutely awesome to see the team do that against the Carolina team that recently just knocked them out of the playoffs. I know it's not okay, like I understand it's not the actual team. It's a prospect team, but come on, it's got to feel good. And then on Sunday they played the Preds prospect team, but they did lose in overtime 3-2, but they did get a very early lead at 1-0. So, very good, very good to see that this team is back, back on the ice. So awesome to know that hockey's right around the corner. The opening night is October 2nd. Very, very, very excited to see that that is coming up. To the WMBA. For those who don't know, for those who don't know, at all. Which a lot of people don't. I do see some stuff on Twitter and some stuff on Facebook. But don't see a lot about this team. The Mystics are on fire. Okay. The Washington Mystics ended the regular season as the number one overall seed in all the playoffs. So that if they get to the final, they'll have home court in the final. They went twenty six and eight. Twenty six and eight. in conference, 14-3 at home, 12-5 on the road, and they've won six straight, nine, and one in the last ten. This team is looking really, really good right now. and The playoffs are coming up. I am not 100% sure when the playoffs start. I couldn't give you guys any of that kind of information. Believe me, if any information comes up, it will come up on our A-Fans Perspective page. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook and you'll get all the info you need for any upcoming events. Continuing with basketball, Roy Hakumara was playing for Japan in the um, FIBA World Cup, which has been going on. And he he overall looked very good. From any of the games that I saw, I believe there was one on ESPN Plus last week that I watched that was very... And I don't, I, can, I guess I can't say very impressive, but overall he looked very good. In a game he played his first game that he played he had 24 points he had seven total rebounds and he he shot very good field goal um 55.6 percent from from the field. he even went two for three and three points had some nice showed some nice range. I guess the only downside is that he had a negative 11 plus and minus rating. Which was very bad. In his very next game, he had 13 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, and he shot 66.7 from the field. And he was 1-for-1 from the free throw line. Very next game, he had 24 points, 7 rebounds, and he also shot 57.1 from the field. In the last 4th game, 25 points, 7 rebounds and 55.6% from the field. Overall, he was averaging 21.5 points a game. And he he, he lo- I mean he looked pretty good for international play. He looked very good especially for all the criticism criticism toward um Giannis. Apparently he looked really bad in a game. I haven't watched really a lot of this. We've been really diving into a lot of football and baseball here recently, believe me, basketball. In Hockey and all this is going to start showing up more Especially with the seasons nearing And training camp starting But I was pretty impressed I've been keeping an eye on this guy Hearing that he would be playing for Japan So I'm very excited Incredibly excited to see This guy Playing basketball more and more And I'm excited to see him Actually in a Wizards jersey for the first time When the preseason starts in October So that's going to be exciting but that's it here on A Fan's Perspective this week. Coming up this week, actually before we talk about what's coming up this week, if you guys haven't checked it out already, we started our YouTube page. We had a Redskins 2019 trailer that just came out. Check it out. I've gotten some positive feedback from some people. We haven't gotten that many views just yet, but something definitely, definitely to look at. I will probably put the link to the video in the description below. Also, coming up this week, we will be doing a 100-year anniversary each week with the Redskins of the best game against the team that we're playing this week. Of course, we'll only do it for, for um, NFC East teams. We'll do it for home game and away game, depending on that week. But as the weeks go along, we're starting incorporating that. I believe it's going to be a Thursday, like a throwback Thursday kind of thing. Throw that in there. We're also working on a Washington Capitals 2019 season trailer, and we'll also do a Washington Capitals 2019 opening trailer as well that's going to throw a lot in there with the St. Louis Blues. Um, of course, a lot more Nationals talk. That's some really crucial series coming up. Hopefully, we'll also have some coverage when the Mystics do start the playoffs. We will have some posts about that, recapping the games, because it's going to be massive because they were very close last year. They lost to Seattle in the final. But they're right there. They're the best team in the league, and they could very well do it. And that would be just another team here in D.C. that has won a championship in the last year or so. So it would be awesome. So thank you guys so much for listening in. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll have another podcast come out next week. It'll be next Monday. They release each Monday at 9 o'clock. Um, Thank you for listening in. We'll see you guys next week for the A-Fans Perspective Podcast.